Welcome to another edition of From the Front Lines, how real estate managers are addressing COVID-19. Our topic today is COVID at your property and legal considerations. I'm here with Shannon Lawless, an employment attorney with Ryan Swanson Law Firm, and Jonathan Mahoney, also an attorney with Ryan Swanson, who focuses on commercial real estate. Just a general disclaimer that this information is current as of today, but does not constitute legal advice. Welcome, Shannon and Jonathan. Could you start out by giving us an overview of where we are right now in terms of legal considerations? Due to the novelty of the COVID-19 pandemic, organizations in all industries find themselves navigating in uncharted territory. Property managers and landlords are in similarly murky territory when it comes to the legal considerations involved with interacting with tenants or prospective tenants. Thus, the foundational consideration for landlords and property managers during this period is to act reasonably under the circumstances. And so, Jonathan, with that in mind, from a proactive standpoint, what should managers be doing to prepare for a potential COVID case at their properties? Well, it starts with being accountable to and for employees and residents or tenants. At a minimum, that means following CDC and state and local health recommendations and being mindful that the virus can travel via services as well as it can via airborne droplets. So disinfecting and cleaning frequently touched surfaces as often as possible, routinely cleaning carpets, and even closing common areas if necessary are all options that property managers should be considering. It's also important to create tenant awareness. You know, the high infection rate of the virus makes it incumbent on communities to work together in limiting its spread. Properties and land, property managers, rather, and landlords should, should communicate this message with residents as regularly as possible and in multiple ways, via, via email or posted signs or flyers, informing them about the safety rules and the protocols uh, surrounding hand washing, elevator use, common areas, etc. And it's also important to keep documentation of these efforts and communications. It would also be a good idea to use these communications to convey management's policy for responding to and addressing reports of a positive COVID-19 test or exposure on the premises. And Jonathan, those are great points. And let me add on to this from the employer perspective. So as an employment lawyer, I've been working with a lot of employers to create sort of a written COVID-19 response plan. And the idea behind this is that no matter how much you've you know, thought through generally the possibility that there might be COVID at one of your properties, um, when you actually find out that it's happened, it is, it is shocking. And I've seen a lot of employers go through that. It's really helpful to have some written steps that you plan to follow to fall back on um, so that you can move quickly uh, because time is of the essence in responding in a safe way and um, in protecting yourself legally. The first thing that I would cover in a written response plan would be identifying your response team um, for a property. In general, with regard to disclosure, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later, um, but you want to have the smallest possible um, group of people who actually know the identity of the tenant or resident or employee who is diagnosed with COVID. You want to keep that identity information um, really private. So you're going to have as small as possible of a response team, and that's usually going to involve um, probably somebody in HR, somebody who is more um, handling it from an operations perspective, and then 
you. It might be that you have some variables based on where, at which property this COVID case has come up. But identify who that response team is going to be. And note that it doesn't have to include your whole executive leadership team. Um, I've seen clients where the executive leadership team gets really curious, like, who was it? They don't always need to know. So keep it small. Keep to the people who are actively involved in responding. Second, figure out what your cleaning plan is. Um, are you going to use a special vendor? Or is it going to be your usual vendor? If so, you know, make sure that they're following what the CDC's guidance is on how to clean and that they're going to follow those practices. And have their contact info ready. You know, don't be fumbling around for who's going to do a cleaning following an exposure at a property. You want to know um, who your plan is. Third, you're going to want to call the health department. Um, in some jurisdictions, they are going to be really helpful. In some jurisdictions, honestly, they're not. But you want to call them no matter what. Um, one, because information is changing fast. They have the most current information on what the best way to respond is. And second, legally, the fact that you made that call and that you're doing your best to follow um, local and federal health recommendations, that provides a, a strong legal defense in any um, possible claim that would come up later. And finally, make sure that your communication plan is up to date. That has a lot of different components to it. A couple things that you want to do is, one, make sure that you have up-to-date information for your um, contact information for your employees so that if you need to bring in backups on short notice or um, schedule shifts because you have to have all of the people who usually work at a property be quarantined, um, you know who's going to fill that. And you have their contact info and their home phone number. You can get in touch with them as needed. And finally, we really encourage you to draft the notices that you would send to residents, tenants, and employees in advance. You can get that template crafted and fill it in with key dates um, so that you are not left scrambling or trying to draft something while you're also trying to organize the deep cleaning of a property. Great advice. Thank you. And a question many managers have right now, what can they ask residents and tenants to screen for the virus? Well, while landlords and property managers owe a general duty of care to tenants and their guests to maintain the premises in a reasonably safe condition, they must also respect the privacy rights of individuals and be careful not to run amok of the FHA's prohibitions on inquiries into whether a tenant has a disability and or the nature and extent of their disabilities. You know, as defined by HUD, coronavirus would most likely be considered a disability. And as Shannon well knows from working with employers, the ADA prohibits the collection of medical information from, from employees. And as the FHA has incorporated many aspects of the, of the ADA, it would more likely than not be a violation of the FHA to ask tenants, you know, for medical information. So furthermore, tenants are under no obligation of which we're aware to report a positive test to their landlord. The FHA has provided the following advice on how owners and operators should interact with residents or prospective residents who have been exposed. In a release dated sometime in the middle of March, the FHA said that the exigencies associated with important and timely response to the issues surrounding COVID-19 would not be the basis of a discrimination suit under the FHA. Now, what does this mean? 
This likely means that reasonable measures departing from the FHA, which are necessary to curb the infection in housing communities, would not be a violation of the FHA if otherwise done in a neutrally and non-discriminatory manner. Rather. Now, it's worth noting that news reports from Chicago and Nashville indicate that where landlords have circulated notices to their tenants requiring that they self-report positive cases, local health officials have urged that no such obligation can be enforced and advise residents to not unwillingly comply. So an open question remains as to what other inquiries into travel or potential past exposure can be made, but for now, landlords and property managers should be sure to tread lightly when pursuing any such tactic. So in sum, remember that the bedrock principle for any property manager or landlord is that any action taken during this time should be, above all else, reasonable. And if inquiring into whether an individual tenant may have contracted the virus, tread lightly. It's advisable to be proactive on the front end by taking the necessary precautions that we discussed, handed down by the CDC, and on the back end, having a solid response plan. And let me add on to that, too, from the employment law perspective. So as Jonathan mentioned, usually employers uh, do not ask employees for medical information, except for in really specific circumstances where um, a disability is affecting their job. However, the EEOC has really relaxed those requirements, um, recognizing that we're in a global pandemic. So employers are now allowed to ask employees if they um, are experiencing COVID symptoms. In fact, they're encouraged to do so um, by public health officials, and employers can even go so far as to take their employees' temperature when they come to work. So with regard to your employees, you do have some flexibility to ask those questions if they're done to protect health, but it's very important that if you do those type of screening, um, screening protocols, that you do them for everyone. You don't just do them for high-risk employees, um, you, that is, employees who are at high risk of severe illness from COVID, and you don't just do them, for example, to particular racial groups from countries where um, COVID, COVID started. It's important to do, them, to do them neutrally and always with the goal of protecting the public health. So, Shannon, if a manager were to learn of a confirmed COVID case at a property, what are the legal obligations or any liabilities that might be involved? So this is an interesting balancing act. Um, my general rule for what to disclose is never disclose the identity of the individual who was sick, but beyond that, do disclose enough that people can take steps to protect their health and so that you are being transparent with the community that you're involved with, whether that's your employees or the residents or tenants at your property. Um, you want to act with the maximum transparency possible while protecting individuals' privacy. On a more specific level, for what does that look like? Um, it, especially in the employment context, I think that this usually has two steps. First is the step of communicating with anyone that you know has been in close contact with a person who had COVID. So if you Usually this comes up for employees when you have a pretty good idea of where they've been working and you know they've interacted with a particular group of individuals. Generally, the employer is going to reach out individually before making any general announcement to say, we understand that you came into close contact with an individual who now is confirmed to be positive for COVID. The exposure was on this date, or you may give a date range if you know that giving the particular date would reveal the identity. 
And so you are being now asked to self-quarantine. And if at all possible, you would want to keep paying them while they're asked to stay home because they can't safely come to work. Um, but you're going to quarantine them until they're out of that, that waiting period. You could take a similar step with a resident if for some reason you knew that a resident or a tenant had been in close contact with somebody who was confirmed to have COVID. Um, for everyone else, once you have reached out to those that had close contact and, and spoken with them individually about the contact and given them that information necessary to quarantine if they need to do that, um, if it was within the last 14 days, then you're going to want to have a more general notice to all of your employees or to your tenants or residents. Those types of notices generally follow a, a pattern. They say, we're writing to inform you that there has been a confirmed case of COVID at you know, X property. It was on X date. We have taken these steps to respond and you're going to outline the cleaning protocols that you went through, the fact that you've called the health department and you're following their advice. And these safety protocols remain in place at the property. And then state whatever those are. You know, we've closed the common areas. We're continuing to do increased cleaning, you know, whatever else it is. Walk through the steps that you're taking. And then finally, I would volunteer that the fact that the individual's identity will remain confidential to protect their privacy. Um, but if you have any questions about the steps that we're taking to respond, let them know who they should reach out to. Thank you so much for your time, Shannon and Jonathan. Please continue to visit iRoam.org, where you'll find our page dedicated to providing updates and resources to support real estate managers in making informed decisions during this time. That's irem.org.